Welcome back to Marriage Monday. Thanks so much for joining with me. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you build your marriage just one Monday at a time. Today, we are continuing our listener request series by talking about protecting our time together. There's a few of you that reached out to me just to simply ask, how do we protect our time together? Life gets busy, and it seems like the more that we add to life, like from job changes to family changes to having children, that life just can get away from us. And so the question constantly comes up, how do we protect our time? How do we keep our time together, keep it precious, keep it a priority? And so today... I've got seven things, seven just recommendations to perhaps help you with your quality time. Now, the key word today is going to be the word intentional. That word intentional is such a important word because when it comes to quality time, it's rarely that you stumble into quality time, that you have to be intentional with your quality time, intentionally making time and looking for those opportunities to have that those moments together. So here we go. Seven suggestions for helping you protect your quality time and to develop that. Number one, put your phone away. Sounds like a no-brainer, right? But this is something that uh, my wife and I have seen in couples. We've been out on dates before. We've been with other couples sitting in restaurants. And we've seen just two people sitting at the table just on their phones constantly. And now we're not just sitting in judgment, but it's just one of those things that we've noticed that, man, we are so distracted in our culture that we don't have conversations with other people without our phones in our hands, let alone having conversations with our spouse. So when it comes to your spouse, you need to make maybe a couple rules. And here's just a couple suggestions is maybe when you eat out, Put your phones on the table. In fact, stack them. That's something my wife and I have a habit of doing at the restaurant is we stack our phones face-to-face so that we can't see notifications. We have the phones on silent. And especially if we're out with another couple, which I would highly recommend is the double date. Go out with other couples and you can tend to learn things about yourself, learn things about their marriage. You can tend to grow because of somebody else's mentoring, somebody else's example, or hey, I've gone out with another couple and felt better about my marriage. I mean, we've we've all been there. So we'll go out with a couple, go out just together, but put your phones away. And here's another simple rule. When your spouse is talking to you, immediately phones on silent and put it face down. Often we can take those that we love and those that we are closest to, we can take them for granted. And one thing that we really don't want to do is ever go to that place. For some reason, if a stranger walks up, we begin to treat them better than we do those that we're closest to. So what if we went to the opposite end of the spectrum and when our spouse talks to us that we set aside every distraction and we lock eyes and we listen with our eyes? That's a big deal. My wife is an external processor. And so whenever she comes to talk with me, even if she's just trying to process things, out loud. I will pause the game or I will turn over my phone. I get rid of whatever distractions and lock eyes and listen to her with my eyes. So put your phone away. Number two, set aside a no commitment evening. Have a night for which there are no commitments. My wife is wonderful at asking me the question on Sunday, what does this week look like? We get out our calendars and we look at the week and she will say, because she knows I'm a workaholic, protect Tuesday, protect Thursday. No more appointments. And in my brain, no, 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 I can make those things happen. But she recognizes that, first of all, it's okay to have an open, boring evening. And second of all, without those open evenings, it's very hard to have quality time and quality conversations. And so make sure that you are setting aside a no-commitment evening. It could be the same day every week, or you can do what my wife and I do, is we talk on Sundays, we look at our week, and then she will just say, hey, um, these evenings are open. Why don't we be very intentional about protecting them? Sometimes we'll even go 
two and three weeks out just because of different things that are taking place. And she will say, protect these evenings, or I'll say that, protect these evenings, just because we need that time together. Number two, number three, start your day together. Start your day together. This is a great tip for those of you that are early birds or some of you that maybe start your day maybe a little bit later. My wife and I, we start our day completely different, but I don't ever leave her without kissing her and saying the same thing I say every single morning. For example, this morning I kissed her and said, Happy Monday. Tomorrow I'll kiss her and say, Happy Tuesday. I admit it's a little bit cheesy, um, but she admits that she looks forward to that. There's just something about saying goodbye in the morning and having that little that, that subtle moment because I usually get up and out of the bed and out of the house before she gets out of bed and that's fine because our schedules are different. We have friends that uh, for which uh, she works part-time but he works at home but starting at 10 o'clock because on he, he's on California time. And so therefore, they've got an open morning for which they go for jogs together, walks together, they sit around um, at their table and have coffee and breakfast, and that becomes one of the greatest quality time moments. But they've learned that even though their schedules are different, they, that you can still get quality time. So don't just start your day together, but number four, end your day together. That may be the simplicity of going to bed together at the same time. And and I'm not necessarily saying jump into bed in terms of sexuality, even though I'm 100% not against that for your marriage. Please have as much sex as you can. Enjoy it. It's wonderful. But what I'm talking about is actually going to bed at the same time, going to bed and having that intentional time to be able to sit in bed when your day is done and you can really have some very deep conversations. Now, if you are exhausted and tired at the end of the day, what I would not recommend is going to bed together, laying down, turning the lights off and expecting to have a good conversation because you are going to crash and fall asleep. But there's just something about going to bed together and having that downtime together for which you can talk about your day, talk about the next day, talk about what's going on in your life and process things together. Number five, ask your spouse before making a commitment. This is a big deal, asking your spouse before making a commitment. Now, I've I've had a lot of conversations with couples about this and the idea of, I don't need to have my spouse's permission. And you know what? You're right. But here's my hard rule. And I want you to really hear me clearly. You don't need your spouse's permission. You need your spouse's unity. My wife does not need my permission for anything, nor do I need her permission. But we want each other's unity. And so we've really challenged couples with that. It's not about permission. It's about respect. It's not about control. It's about communication. I don't need my spouse's permission. I need her unity. I want Anne's unity. So before we make commitments to other couples, to other situations, to other churches, to whatever, before I say yes to speaking at another conference or at another church or situation, I talk with her because I want her unity behind it. It's about respect and communication. Number six, here's a great tip. Eat dinner at the table. Eat dinner at the table together. Not on the couch, not in the car. Um... Find a place to have a meal at a table without any distractions. That's a big deal. Again, sometimes we get home and you know the game is on or there's an activity we want to do or there's a, a project at home that we're working on and there's so much that is demanding our time. But stop and just simply eat dinner at the table together. It's your table. It's your home. And maximize that opportunity to have good connection and good conversation. And then number seven, go out on dates. Go out on dates. 
This is something I believe is it's essential. Listen, we did this well before we got married, but for some reason after we get married, we stopped doing this. And if people say, well, Pastor Dave, we can't afford a date. And my challenge is this, is dates are cheaper than divorce lawyers. Yes, you can afford a date. Dates do not have to be expensive, nor do they have to cost anything. I mean, you, you talk to Ann. Some of our initial dates when we first got married, we had no money. We had nothing to go out and have dinner with, but we went and got a cheap $1 ice cream at McDonald's, and we walked around Art Van Furniture to gawk at the furniture. And the salespeople there, they just got the clue that we were a penniless couple, so they left us alone. And we would walk, talk, and dream about you know, what type of house we can get for our first house and the furniture that would go in it. It sounds cheesy. Maybe it sounds dumb to you, but that's just what we did for a long time because it was cheap. It was easy and we had fun. Um, we go on hiking dates. We've gone on walks. We've done all sorts of things that cost literally zero money, but you need to do um, intentional time together. And I would challenge you, if you are not dating whatsoever, you need to have at least monthly dates with the goal of moving them toward every two weeks with the ultimate goal of at least once a week, you need a dating moment, something where you can do outside of the home that you can do together that's going to bless each other. Now, for you people that have little ones, this is what I would challenge you to do is find another couple that has little ones and make make it make a deal. That once a month, they're going to take care of your kids so that you can go out on a date and vice versa. You'll take care of their kids so they can go out on a date. Give give each other three to four hours of uninterrupted time so that the both of you can have your marriage enriched. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks for joining with me. Go out, protect your time, and get creative, and be intentional about building quality time together. God bless.